Welcome everyone into the B section podcast. I'm Kirk Lovison alongside David Goff and Logan Hill. Of course, the podcast is brought to you by the morning times and the daily review. We got a lot of high school stuff to talk about. We got some teams left. We got some teams that are out. We're doing a lot of postseason chatter, some wrestling hoops, and then we'll get into maybe some national stuff, but not too much on the slate to talk about. But let's get right into it. I know you guys had North Section Wrestling Tournament this past weekend. Start me off. How did it go? What was the weekend like? It's a long day of wrestling at Athens. Uh, started at 10 in the morning. Ended, what, eight, a little bit after 8 o'clock? I was going to say, I probably left by 9. So, yeah, yeah probably between 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Now, Logan and I weren't there the entire day. Uh what, I guess Tawanda unseats Canton's North Section Championship. It was four years running for Can and Tawanda breaks that streak. Yep, good for the Black Knights. Uh, another reporter had told me if you win the NTL, typically you also go on to win the North Section. So that's how it happened this okay. year. Tawanda wins the NTL for Makes the first sense. time in a decade. Wins the North Section for the first time, I believe. It was four, four or five years, one of the two. But Canton had been the, the champion for that whole stretch, so... They upset that it was it was a long day. I couldn't imagine being like an athlete competing at that. Like uh, talking to some of the champions, they'd be like, "Yeah, I had my first match at eleven thirty, and then I didn't have a match again until the championship round." Yeah, and there's a couple breaks in between, yeah. right? Like you get a lunch break and a dinner break, well, and then that's the funny thing. I was there, and I got there around noon, and was there for about an hour or so. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just come back later on. And I got back around four thirty, and the gym was like empty, and trash yeah. was all over the place. I'm like, oh, what what happened? And then obviously they set everything up for later. For the finals, did they break it down to the one mat? No, no it was no. Third, third place and first place went on at the same time. Okay, and if not, it would have been going on till midnight. Yeah. Right. So that was a good that was a good little function. Right. The one thing that threw us for a loop is they alternated which mat yeah. was the first place <laughs> mat. So every oh. every weight class was different. Yeah. So gotcha. it's like, luckily, don't just try to settle in at one mat and think you're going to watch all the championships. There, there was a stretch where Athens had six straight third place matches, and I went from the left side to the right side to the left side to the right side. It was weird. I didn't, I didn't expect that going into it. But uh, uh, for for Athens' sake, uh, they had they have nine wrestlers going to districts this weekend. Okay, uh, they had two champions and Josh and Ninja at two eighty five and Caleb Nason at two fifteen. They had six third place finishers i think and then the fourth place finisher and that's as long as as long as you made it to the third place match you made it to districts so um, good showing by the wildcats and yeah the top four all go yeah and uh and sayer uh they didn't have a dual team all season it's a small team you got jordan brown who came into the afternoon or the morning really as the sixth seed at 160 finishes it in fourth place, he's going to districts. He's going on, he's, all the, right. he's the first Sarah kid to go to districts in uh, four years. And uh, not to go too off of North section, but for girls wrestling sake, yeah, Layla Bennett at district champion, the first ever girls district champ, district four championships this past Saturday. Layla Bennett of Sarah won a district crown, and Athens, the Athens girls team is the first ever district four champion in girls wrestling. Very cool. Congratulations to all both of them. And to Jordan Brown as well for, yeah. what did you say was the first time in how long? Four, four years. Four years. Congratulations to him. Other champions, NTL-wise, yeah. uh, Tawanda has three guys take the top spot. That's Riley Vanderpool, Riley Slider, and Mason Higley, all captains for them. Okay. I believe it was Lyle Vermilia. He also has a brother named Levi. I believe this was Lyle that won his first place bout. Hudson Ward, 
wins the North section. I believe that was at 160. I could have that class wrong. But there was a couple of classes where, like, there was really stacked up yeah. uh, wrestling bouts. Uh, Wiley Sings, Aiden Hunsinger. Who else? Who else? Uh, Ninger, you said, Nason. A couple of guys from North Penn Liberty who we don't really get into too much. I think they're all brothers. It's like their last name is like Pequinot or something okay. like that. Oh. Yes, that sounds familiar. It's like, I think it's like uh, Bryce... Braden and Easton or something okay. like that. So they, at least two of them won there. And I think they were all in the final f- four wrestlers. Like, so they made the podium. That was, it was a long day and everything you heard about it was the community comes out. And Great atmosphere. Yeah. Come out. Carson Rockwell, Canton, another champion. I'm trying I'm just, I have a picture here of all the champs. So, and yeah, I think the rest was all North Penn Liberty. So it, it was, I had an enjoyable time and David and I have talked about this a bunch this year is we both came in as like, we don't know a whole lot about sure. wrestling and yeah. wrestling at the high school level. And all you hear is, oh, it's real. It's real <laughs> up this way. It, it gets pretty serious. And it does. It was, it was a good time. They did the hall of fame inductions. That was cool to see. Yeah. Uh, side note about how cool my little life is. Um, Garrett Wesneski goes into the Hall of Fame, the North Section Hall of Fame. He went to the University of Maryland for a couple of yeah. years to, right. to wrestle. Small world. His dad, uh, Lyle, is the Canton coach currently. I think Garrett might coach as an assistant at Troy. I'm pretty sure it was the same guy. Yeah. I'll have to check that. And Looked like it. Yeah. But, like, I kept seeing him on the mat. So I was like, oh, that must be the same guy. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. But I was going to be like, hey. He didn't finish there. He ended up going to Lycoming College and became an NCAA National champion. champion. Yeah. So, but pretty cool when somewhere in Bradford County, Logan's little life intersects. <laughs> yeah, and congratulations to all those NTL wrestlers who are now going to advance to districts. That is this coming weekend? Yes, uh, Friday and Saturday at okay. Williamsport. I'll be down there on Saturday. Haven't figured out. It looks like it's another full day, kind of like the north section is. I feel like that's just the point we're at. Every wrestling is going to be full days. So I might just be down there for the back half. I might be there early on i have to figure it out because there's also a bunch of district basketball this gotcha. week again congratulations to everyone at the north section wrestling tournament this past weekend and good luck in districts we move on to basketball also in local hoops action we had the ntl showdown logan talk to us a little bit about that yeah so the the girls and the boys games were both on saturday that was at sarah it was supposed to originally be at uh, mansfield university it sounds like they had a conflict or something like that uh, and so they hold it at Sarah. So it was a, a crazy packed day in the Valley between the North section. It worked out Athens. well for you to be going to yeah, the just, wrestling tournament. And I hung out, around, busy day. I hung out around the Valley all day, got McDonald's on the way home and had a cheeseburger when I got there. So Fair. But that, <laughs> n- enough about me, uh, <laughs> Troy girls, take it over Williamson, Troy boys, take it over North Penn Mansfield. I believe, I know it's the first one ever for the girls. I believe it's the first ever showdown trophy for the boys as well. If that awesome. doesn't turn out to be the case, I'll cut this, but, um, <laughs> So it was just it was a great it was a great day for Troy to kind of they both won the league this year so it was a great day to kind of put a capper on the regular season and really shift towards postseason. The showdown doesn't count towards any records or anything or any standings like that, but it's a it's happens at the end of the year. It's the best of the best of the league. So, like you said, great way to put a cap on what's been a fantastic Troy season in all sports really so far in the this calendar year. Yeah, David was over at Athens for. The most of the time of the girls' game, or he was home or something, and I texted him before the boys' game. I said, "Hey, the the boys are playing at three. If you want to come check that out, because I just enjoy yeah. watching this. Tro- I mean, I yeah. enjoy watching all the hoops that I've seen this year. I'm a huge basketball fan in itself, but Troy literally thrives on its defense, and to just watch it in action sometimes is electric. Yeah, I was the, I, I literally live 
a five minute walk from the school. So I'm like, all right, I'll head over. Absolutely. <laughs> Great team. Check out. We were talking off air at one point. What a fun fantasy matchup it would have been for Troy basketball and, and Waverly basketball. Yeah, if they could the, ever meet the cream of the crop kind of this Ab- year yeah. across the landscape. So to just see them play would be good. Well, and that's what I had texted. David is Troy's the best team in the league this year on the boys side. Troy's the best team in the league. North Penn Mansfield has Carson Dominic, who I think you could make the case is the league's best player. Just really gets whatever he wants offensively, defensively. He makes plays. He, I think he was on triple double watch. Wow! Like in the first showcase game, so mm. showdown showcase. Did Troy ever play the semifinal? They didn't have to play the semifinal. So Kalineski right? Valley um, couldn't make the game. They were had guys sick or something uh-huh. like that. So I guess they just it was just considered a forfeit. And it was likely it was going to happen anyway. So. Well, Troy had also beaten them by a bunch earlier in the yeah. season. So I guess if you have that result to look at, you're like, okay, we don't really feel bad about saying Troy, you just <laughs> advance. But yeah, the the boys game was good from the get-go. I think Troy led 8 nothing out of the gates and just kind of maintained that in front advantage the whole way. And in the girls game, Troy, they were playing Williamson who was arguably like the girl the girls NTL best player Taylor Ray Jones for Williamson. So she, they kind of held her. She had a quiet game and they just kind of pulled away in that third quarter. Uh, senior Katie Lackey had eight points in that third quarter and it, they were like all shots from Williamson was running his own defense and all of Lackey's shots were like right from the free throw line, like right in just like a little pocket in the zone. And as a basketball purist, <laughs> you love a free throw line jumper. So that was cool. And then they, they were able to hit some threes in that third quarter. They just kind of pulled away. So to it's been a banner year for really yeah. Troy athletics because yep. Troy football has the great success. Troy girls soccer, I think, won their fourth straight NTL. So that's – and I'm sure – there's stuff I'm I'm not even thinking about. Uh, so then the boys and the girls both handle business. And now they have the postseason in front of them. So it was a it was a great Saturday. Was a super busy day. Dave and I were talking about this yesterday yeah. a little bit. Super busy, a lot going on. But the postseason is just it's a fun time of year. Obviously, high stakes. You win, you move on. You lose, you go home. But just really really competitive stuff. Yep, great sports weekend in the valley. And congratulations again to both Troy boys and girls basketball programs taking home the NTL showdown titles. Started with David last time. We'll start with Logan this time. What do we got going on on the daily review side of things, hoops wise? I I come in off a pretty pretty big day of basketball. Neb Northeast Bradford had a boys and girls first round game, um, and yeah, it was a long day yesterday. I got down to Rome right around six for the start of the boys game. Uh, tightly, what's the what's that word that they use when it's defense? Slugfest, maybe defensive battle. Yeah, Um, it was. I think like eighteen. It was sixteen to eleven at halftime. It's tied at eighteen, eighteen midway through the third, and then it's back and forth from there. Uh, Northeast was down five or six points going into the locker room. They come back to tie it. They take the lead, and it's just going back and forth, and neither side can really just make a run to pull away. comes down to the closing moments, and Line Mountain wins it at the buzzer. That was a crazy moment. We don't cover Line Mountain, but anytime you see that, sucks for the Panthers, but it's still pretty cool to... Watch a kid hit a game winner. In yeah, real time. it's always so cool. That was an ex- it was just an exciting moment because it's just pure joy. There's nothing, nothing else to that. Yeah. And then so I that was tough beat for the Panthers in that game, the boys game. Then I go over to the girls game. They win that. It was closer maybe than they wanted it to. They were playing. They were number one seed playing eight seed South Williamsport. They pretty much just handle business though. They get the job done and move on. They're gonna have Wailusing in the next round. Wailusing girls. I wasn't there, but they won. 
I think they won by nine points, so almost double digits in that game too. That was they played Northwest out of Shikshini. I haven't been to Shikshini yet. I <laughs> uh, don't think but, I have. Yeah, but I've heard stories, so it's hard to make it make a deadline and make it to Shikshini and back. But so while losing girls go on, Troy boys and girls play later this week. Tawanda girls will have a game this week. I'm trying to think who else. Who uh, morning time side? Who who played last night? Uh, while I look. Athens girls and Sarah boys played their first round games and both came out on the losing end. Athens girls is going to be a tall task. They're they're a fairly young team that fought hard all season long, but just you know their record didn't show for it really. And their reward for making districts was playing a team that won the district title the last three years. That's, tough. Columbia. That's a tough draw. So they won. They lost that one, fifty six to seventeen. Not all that surprising. Just kind of is what it is for them. Um, and then Sarah Boys, they went down to St. John Newman, which I didn't know was a school that existed until, you know. The two ends. Yes. Newman. Two ends. Two ends. Uh, but uh, down in Williamsport, they went there. And they, uh, it was an interesting start. I, I, I listened to Pat McDonald's broadcast, radio broadcast yeah. of it. And uh, Nick Pelicano of Sarah had a half-court shot to put Sarah up 15-12 to 12 at the end of the first quarter. It went downhill from there for Sarah. Ah. It was 71-45, final score loss. Uh, so it things just kind of snowballed on them. And uh, so now on the morning time side, on the Pennsylvania side of morning times, we only have Athens boys left, and they don't play their first playoff game until Friday. Okay. At Danville. Logan, anything left on the Pennsylvania side before we talk New York hoops with David? A couple more. Uh, yeah, Canton boys will play tonight at the time of this taping. It's Wednesday, so they're going to play. They're the eight seed. They're playing number one seed month. Or I'm sorry, Northwest. Okay. Uh, other than that, Troy, like I said, Troy plays later this week. The boys play Thursday. I think the girls play Friday. Athens boys have a game coming up later this week. And the only other boys team, I think there was one more. I'm looking at the bracket right here. P.I. D4.net. Great website. Great. Power to those people. Perfect. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Troy, despite this impressive season and their record is actually going to get the, they actually ended up with the two seed. Yes. They're the two seed loyal socks, the one in the three, a class three, a standings. So obviously never look ahead, but could be quite the showdown if we get there. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Troy, they'll get Mount Carmel at home in the first round, and then that'll set them up to face either Southern Columbia or Wellsboro. They Wellsboro's an NTL opponent. Yep. They've played them a couple of times this year. I don't know that they've played Southern on the hardwood, uh, now that I think about it. Yeah, that's who they played in football. I was yeah. say. Uh, Powerhouse. I wasn't sure if it was Central or Southern. but So some familiar foes out yeah, there for yeah. sure. And especially for a lot of these guys, they were football players and they're also basketball players. Yeah. So there's literally overlap there. On the girls' side, Canton girls' season draws to a close last night. They had to beat Sarah last week in the last game of the season just to make it. Yeah. They go down to Muncie for the first round game. They were the eight seed. They lose to the one seed. And then Tawanda, the eight seed in Class 3A, is going to have Loyal Sock. On the 23rd. Got so it. that's what? Friday? Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be it's going to be tough for them. Uh, Loyal Sock, the number one overall seed. And I think they played earlier this year, and Loyal Sock kind of did. Uh, I think they're like 20 and 1. Yeah. Or they something they like just that. kind of, I think they were like unveiling their new gym or something right. like that and just took care of business from the get go. So, but it's, a, we're, we're winding down, and, and Dave and I were talking. We have to figure out. I think it would just be the champion that would get a state bid. So we'll see if any teams can get the state playoff games this yeah, year. That'd be exciting. Then, but let's talk. Like you said, let's turn it to New York side because that basketball postseason's got to be coming up. Yeah, right? Waverly, Tioga, right? Getting into it. Yeah. Uh, tonight, I will be going to, tonight being Wednesday, of course, I will be going to Susquehanna Valley where Tioga boys will be going for their first section game. That's a 
Tigers the 10 seed, Susquehanna, Susquehanna Valley's the 7 seed. And uh, it should be a good one. I should don't, be competitive. I don't, it's really hard to kind of gauge what that game should be. And I know Tioga, they'll have all their players back this time. <laughs> they, they ended the season with a couple of players missing due to a bench. Yeah, and thing. I know on paper math doesn't ever work out the way you think, but if you took <clears throat> comparable opponents, their scores and wins and losses have been pretty comparable. Yeah. So I think you're right. It should be pretty competitive 7 versus 10 matchup. Yeah. And then uh, Waverly Boys, they have a first-round bias and number one seed in that same section for bracket. They will play their first game on Saturday. What website is this at? Can I look this up? Section IV Athletics. It, it's kind of a roundabout way of getting there. You have to go to team, like more, there's like more, the more option and then sports and then boys basketball. And then you have to find the bracket on the left side. I just discovered this a half hour ago. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's <laughs> so, what I was going to say. That's why he knows. So. Nice timing. Section yeah. IV Athletics. Uh, but uh, Waverly is, I guess, waiting for their opponent to see who they're going to play on okay. Saturday. Wait, give me the, I'm on the website. Give me the run through one more time. How do I get there? <laughs> it is, there's the more option on the Yes, top more. Right and then there's sports. Got it. Boys basketball. Oh, wait, I'm not, hold on, I'm not with you. Oh, winter sports. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Boys basketball. The, boys basketball. And then on the left side, you should see brackets somewhere or something, possibly. Well, Logan looks for that. <laughs> I'm not going to jump off topic. I know this would seem like we're going backwards, but one more thing on the wrestling end. New York. Yes. Well, Pennsylvania is going to districts. New York is now heading to the state level, correct? Yes, I will be heading to Albany tomorrow night. Got uh, it. As Love it. They will have all day wrestling on Friday and Saturday. You got 10 Tioga, or 10 Tioga kids and two Waverly kids who are going to be there. Uh, Troy Beeman, for instance, for Waverly, is I, he might be a top seed. I forget, but he has a good chance of winning the heavyweight class. Tioga has four number one seeds themselves, so right. it's going to be a busy weekend of wrestling up there in Albany. Good luck to all those guys. What'd you find, Logan? Oh, I'm checking it out. <laughs> checking out the website. Yeah. yeah, it's on like just just like scroll down the right hand side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said Waverly's top seed. I see that mm-hmm. they have a buy. They won't play till Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. yeah, I believe is it going to be Lansing the two seed? Yes. Who? I, and which if Tioga wins, we Tioga has played Lansing before and so, lost by five, I believe. Eight. Eight. Okay, so, so close within within the single digits there. Talk to me for a second. Okay. Tioga twelve and seven, mm-hmm. and they're yes. the ten seed to ten and ten Sus Valley. Yeah, how I don't, does, I don't, don't know, know how. I don't know. That's fair. Yeah. I, well, that I was thinking about bringing that up, but I just wasn't sure. So how. So that's got to be based on like a. I think that's like on a point system where if they've played bigger schools yeah. and gotten yeah. victories. You're credited more towards well, your seeding. That's how Troy ends up two with an unbeaten that, record, and I think that's how Susquehanna gets to seven, where Tioga stays at ten. But I think that that'll be as competitive as the seeding suggests. Yeah, and then Waverly Girls—they are the fifth seed. They also have a first round by just by the luxury of how yep. many teams are in that bracket. They are going to play. I think it's Friday night. They're playing number four, Shenango Valley. Okay. Who Val? They just played each other last week. I was at that game where. Waverly had a 21, 20, 21 to 20 lead after three quarters, lost the game 39 to 24. So it's, it, and it's a team that Waverly also beat earlier this year. So that should be a good game. And that last game, their top scorer for Waverly, Riley Judson, was not playing. She had a concussion. She couldn't play. I would imagine she's probably good to go by now, but yeah. I have no idea. But if she's able to play, that's going to be very helpful, helpful for Waverly's case. All right. So lots of postseason action coming up for winter sports in our area, both basketball and wrestling. What do you got, Logan? 
I just need it to warm up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's time. It's the winter yeah. season's winding down, so let's let's get it a little bit warmer around here too. And I don't wow. feel bad complaining about it anymore either because we are at the end of February. Winter's ran its course for I think anybody who enjoys the warm weather even a little bit. So yeah. I'm excited for spring. For all of the winter sports postseason coverage, check out David Goff in the Morning Times. Check out Logan Hill in the Daily Review. A little bit of crisscross every once in a while as well. Just try to cover as much as we can and support them as much as you can because they're doing a great job. If you haven't subscribed to either paper, please do. And, of course, we're out on stands right now. Go get yourself a copy of both the Morning Times and the Daily Review. With that, not a big slate nationally. Football's gone. We're not quite near postseason yet for either hockey or basketball but we've had we got a little bit of stuff going especially that i think this area will find interesting a lot of philadelphia fans in our coverage area a lot of fans know doc rivers from his time with the sixers a a third of this table is a philadelphia i wouldn't say he's really making the news but there's a little bit going on in the nba with doc rivers naming it jj reddick has come out saying we need to hold Doc a little more accountable, that he never holds himself accountable. He's an excuse maker. I'm curious to where you both stand on this. David, you're a longtime Sixers fan. I'll let you kind of jump in first. Where does Doc Rivers stand with you? Very low at the moment. Wow. Okay. So here's were, you, a, were you a fan of him ever? I was excited when they hired him. Okay. I was, how, how long was Doc there? Three years. Okay. It was, it was right, after the Clippers, right? Yeah, yeah. And, of was, course, won his title with 2008 Boston. with the Celtics. Yeah. They, it was, he started the year after COVID, basically. Uh, but I was kind of excited about that. I mean, I, I liked Brett Brown at the time, but it just wasn't working. I'm like, well, now we got an experienced coach. And yeah. turns out you realize that he won that title off of the big three. Right. Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and, uh, and Planking. Ray Allen. Ray yeah. Allen, yeah. Rajon Rondo. 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 Ray Jean. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, but I would say I wasn't as critical of Doc Rivers as I would say the average Philly fan was during his tenure with the Sixers. It was just kind of, I actually thought last year was his best year as a Sixers coach. It was just time to move on because they still couldn't get out of the second round. But now you're seeing all this stuff and all these quotes, are, you're seeing all these quotes from, you know, those post-game press conferences over those last three years, like, man, you really just, it's never about him. It's never, it's never his fault. Like, okay, cool. I'm glad he's not our coach anymore. <laughs> Logan, fair or foul, the comments being directed at Doc, does he make excuses? Do we not hold him accountable? I just need to know why he was coaching the All-Star game. He's been a coach for like 10, he's like on a 10-day coach contract and they're like, yeah, Doc's going to coach the All-Star game. It, something about it, doesn't feel right to me. Adrian Griffin was the guy in there before yeah. him. Seems like he got a raw shake of things. 30 and 13. 30 and 13, three-year contract, and they're just like, sorry, no, you're, we want Doc Rivers. Two-seat isn't good Who, enough. Doc Rivers took the TV job, was in it for less than a year, and is back on the back on the sideline. I, I don't know. I mean, I've never been a Doc Rivers. I've never been in a position where I would be a Doc Rivers fan. Right. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other, but it's like, you inherited a team with what the second best record in the East. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, great pronunciation. Nice, Clap nice. it up for me. Um, Damian Lillard, the big yeah. trade acquisition. You go Chris get Middleton. This, Chris Middleton. Like you have guys. Brooke Lopez is on that team. 
Hey, they were 30 and 13 yeah. for a reason. So I mean, you should be able to come in and you, this, yeah. shouldn't you, fall off the rails. You go get your ringer of a coach and things don't get better. Right. Something is something. But Something's this is also the same team that lost to the eight-seeded Heat last last postseason. So anything, I guess, is possible with this Buck squad. I have a question off the, just came to me off the top of my head while I was listening to Logan talk about the buzzer beater in high school sports earlier. What's the worst way to lose in sports? Is it the buzzer beater? Dive is, deep it, here. is it the walk-off home run? Is it the Hail Mary that doesn't that goes against you? What, what's up there? What do you guys think is the worst way? As a, as a fan, let's take this from a fan perspective. What's the worst way for your team to go down? Missed field goal? I would say missed your team missing a field goal because I lived that. It's tough, oh, right? Yeah, the, yeah. That was my first full year as a conscious, tuned-in football fan. Billy Cundiff. And it ended with a Billy Cundiff missed shank in the, the AFC shank. Championship. It was an absolute shank. Yeah, well, so Lee Evans had the drop. Um, he caught it in the end zone and got punched mm, out. That's true. So then they run. I've watched about a billion videos on this, as any sports fan does. Yeah. Um, they thought there there was a misunderstanding with what down it was. So they thought it was third down. It was really fourth down. They run kind of out there quickly, and then he shanks the field goal. And then that turns into the Ravens getting Justin Tucker the next offseason, which was pretty cool as a kid who's, like, just growing up, like, learning about the team, yeah. learning about the players. They go get the best kicker of all time to make, <laughs> make do for what happened the year before, and they win the Super Bowl. Right. So. But, yeah, missed field goals, tough. Watching, watching a walk-off home run just leave the ballpark yeah. is horrible. I am... Very happy that I wasn't born until after the Joe Carter home run. I'm my, yeah. I have a lot of family who live that moment. Right. <laughs> I'm just glad. I did. Every time that moment is brought up on TV, I actively just don't watch it. I definitely like, know what you're talking about, but for someone who wouldn't, uh, when was this home run or alleged? 1993 World Series, yeah. okay. Game Six. It was. I honestly, I think the Phillies had a ninth inning lead in that. I don't actually know that for a fact, but you know the Phillies were. Pushing to make a force a game seven and it it just and again I, I definitely know but it, for someone that wouldn't <laughs> what team what team yeah. were the Phillies playing in that World Series so you really don't know okay <laughs> no so I, I definitely were, know. no but you were asking for yourself I understand uh, <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays gotcha yeah. okay cool. it, yeah it's I mean it's one of the most and rightfully so it's one of the most played MLB highlights of all time because it's a walk up home run to win a World Series it just happens to be against the Phillies however for my sake the worst moment of a Philadelphia of being a Philadelphia fan was when Patrick Kane scored an overtime goal in game six of the Stanley cup final that nobody knew he scored. Like he was on, I don't know if you remember this guy. I know Logan will have no idea what I'm talking about. I know but, Patrick Kane. Yeah. <laughs> but do you remember the 2010 Stanley cup? Yeah. It's it, the last time. Was it the last, is that the last time the Flyers have been there? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so they, Patrick Kane was out the left side of the net and just flinged it toward the net and somehow hit the back of Michael Layton, the goaltender for the Flyers. The horn didn't sound off. There was no siren. The refs didn't show anything. Doc Emmerich, who was the greatest hockey broadcaster of all time, didn't really know what was going on. And all you see is just Patrick Kane skating and basically running on his skates to center ice, celebrating like, what just happened? And then you find out that he scored the Stanley Cup winning goal and I and buried the flyers. That was forever. That was that was the most demoralizing moment of my life. I think. How and then I don't mean to go off on other Philadelphia Hold on. moments. Actually, but. before you do, let and let's see if I'm thinking about the same moment because this I was a neutral fan in this situation, but it's it's. I'm pretty sure I know where you're. I've I've never asked you about this. The Kawhi shot. 
Is that I, where you thought I was going? Yes. Yeah. What I, was what was that like in that? And I'm not making fun of you. No, I'm just, I, I, yeah. yeah. It, no. It. What was it like in that moment? Because that was a crazy shot. I, I was in my freshman year dorm room, and me and my roommate, we were just had been watching the game the whole time, watching the game. He does that corner three, right? Yeah. One bounce, two bounce, bounce, three bounce, four bounce goes in. I'm sitting on a beanbag chair. He, my roommate was in his bed and we both just jump up and down because it was what we, what did we just see? I don't know how to describe Mm -hmm. my feeling in that moment. It was like anger at the world, total shock. Like I, I don't know how to, because before that play, Jimmy Butler, I think had a steal and a game, like a fast break layup that's high. They had come back and like made it. A tight game because it was a very it was an insanely stressful stressful game from the beginning and the Sixers were somehow they had the game tied and all of a sudden for the quiet shot to happen, I was at that point I was living in North Carolina in my own apartment, and I just immediately as soon as the ball dropped I didn't hear like the call I immediately turned the channel, <laughs> I just like I can't I couldn't handle I th- that that's the biggest nightmare as a sports fan yeah, that your team yeah. loses in a heartbreaking way like that in an iconic shot, and I mean there's that photo of them like Kawhi's staring and you see Embiid's face in the picture looking at it and like mm-hmm. so that I would say I and now looking back on it I feel like that might have been the Sixers best chance at really making the finals run yeah so that's why it stings even more like the Flyers I don't know if they would have won game seven had that overtime like I don't know but so that that Kawhi shot yeah that sucked and then the only other thing I'm going to mention is because I was here at this game was uh, was the Temple, Iowa 2016 first round NCAA tournament game. And it was the greatest game I've ever seen in person in my life. It went to overtime. Quentin DeCozy of Temple was fouled beyond the three-point line with like three seconds left to tie the game with all three free throws he made. So it was super dramatic. And then overtime was great. And I'm trying to think of how the play was set up. I think someone missed a potential buzzer beater and the ball bounced back off the rim and Adam, Adam Woodbury of Iowa tipped it back in right as the buzzer sounded. Mm. And I just, <clears throat> and mind you, had Temple won that game, they would have played Villanova the next round. Which would have been, Philly, Philly. Which would have been crazy for Philadelphia. And also, that was the first year Villanova won their title. That, okay. was, that was the Chris Jenkins shot year. That was a crazy so, game. Yeah. I, I think the most demoralizing might have to be game-winning shot to be on the other end of it. Because, like... You play so hard. You're in it the whole game. As a fan, you're, it's as intense as it gets right down the wire, and then you're on the losing end. Well, And, it, and it's like, okay, there's 2.4 left on the clock. All they yeah. can get up is a heave. And sometimes all it just takes is one dribble. They get the space, and it just... Bottom. And you know the like, reaction. Everyone's as a fan. You're yelling, "No threes!" or "Or just play defense." And, and of course, it go, doesn't go your way. The but. problem for me with all the examples I brought up, none of them were normal. It was a goal that no one thought was scored. Mm-hmm. It was a four bounce off the rim. And in the NCAA tournament game, I didn't realize this. I was just sad and about it for like a couple hours. <laughs> and I was on the road, or my dad was. My dad and I went up to Brooklyn for this game, and we were. He was driving me back to Philadelphia afterward, and I was looking at Twitter, just seeing the reaction, all the other stuff in March Madness. And then I look and see, and Adam Woodbury pushed off of a Temple player to go get the rebound, and that wasn't called. And had that been called, Temple would have had free throws on the other end with no time left. <laughs> so that's a tough one. Well, this yeah. is, this is where this discussion is like taking me in my mind. Is I 
I've been blessed in my life, and, and Kirk, unfortunately, I guess David too, but Kirk more so in this instance. It always comes back to football, right? Yeah. I've never had to watch my team lose a Super Bowl. Luckily, thank God. like They didn't make it to the Super Bowl this year. They had probably the best team in all football. They didn't make it. But like I could not imagine getting to that stage and just getting blown out. Because somebody has to lose, yeah. right? The ones I remember the most were blowouts, so you knew it was over before it was even the fourth quarter. And then the Scott Norwood wide right against the Giants. I was still a little kind of too young. I knew something I knew something bad obviously happened. We lost, but it just felt like a loss. The next couple years, it was, oh, we made it again. We're back. I, oh, I love this team so much. I've fallen in love with them. It's now three years of everything going on, and then you just, you're just you blown out by the third quarter, and it's the same team two years in a row to the Cowboys. I mean, you're thinking Kirk and I in our lifetimes combined – I've seen six Super Bowl losses from our team. Like I just and, and one win. This is going to be a brutal yeah. listen for for some people yeah. that are fans out yeah. there because we're just we're talking about ripping, the two. We're ripping the band-aids off. We're ripping the band-aids off today. But no, and I just and I don't again. I don't say it to be like, oh, look at my my favorite teams never lost a Super Bowl. I just can't imagine because like a playoff loss. Oh, it's, we were so close. Yeah. We were so close to get to the game. Somebody has to lose it. Somebody yep. has to win it. Somebody has to lose it. So and the bills also uh, lose in the playoffs to the music city miracle yeah. against the Titans, which is just another whole different type of heartbreak. Not even a play we mentioned so far that, t- that type yeah. of situation. And it wasn't a buzzer beater. Like, but the, the way the Eagles lost to the chiefs in the last year's Super Bowl is that's the most painful I've ever felt. So what's, what's the best uh, way to win game winning shot. Is it the game-winning game shot, shot yeah. the walk-off, I don't the know. I, I never I mean, played I, baseball, so I imagine a walk-off home run. When you just know it's gone. Like, when you hear the sound of the bat, yeah. Well, walk-off home run is my vote for that, because I just... I Game-winning shot, though. Yeah. Feel, it's the same thing. The, the feeling for any of those yeah. has yeah. just got to be... Yeah. Well, so, like, I... Before I moved up this way, I was play, playing pickup, like, two to three times a week. Yeah. With the same group of people, pretty typically, and... We don't play with a time or anything. You play to 13, twos and threes. And you hit game winners because you're playing to twos and threes. Right. You gotta, and there's just nothing when you just hit like a <laughs> clean dribble yeah. move. And you just, you're just you like, I'm shooting this three when I go down there. And it doesn't go in the first nine times you think that. But then the tenth time, you you feel like you're on top of the world. Especially so, if it's winner stays on. Yeah, you gotta, you exactly. get to watch so, them walk off. I don't yep. know. Like a goal, a game winning goal in PKs and hockey uh, or soccer yeah. would probably be pretty cool. Right. Touched at the uh, Minneapolis Miracle. Oh, yeah. I yes. remember watching that. It was like my, my great grandma. It was like her 80th birthday. Cause what was that? 10 years ago now. So maybe it was her 85th birthday. I think she's 96. Salt of the earth, that lady. Let me tell you. Um, but we were at her house for her birthday party, and oh, that was the, you're talking about the the Minneapolis miracle. That was the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. That was 2017. So seven years, seven eight yeah. years ago now, we were we were at her house celebrating her birthday, and she had this little TV, and it was, the game was just on. Nobody was like paying attention, and then that's when that happened. And I mean, Diggs went to Maryland, so at that time I yeah. was like, oh my god, this is so cool, this is so cool. But that was like. He threw the helmet off. Yeah. He was just standing there. And then they had to come out for the extra point. Everybody was going, skull, <laughs> skull, skull, <laughs> skull. So, that, like, game-winning touchdown with no time left, that might be the top that, of the list. That might be Joe Buck's best call of his life. Yeah. So, let's stay with hoops, our last thing, and then we'll get everyone out of here. Of course, think of your own heartbreaking story for your own team. We've, or don't. We've, don't do that we we let all the tears the, out we can <laughs> let for this pod. The morning times yeah. and the daily review do not pay for therapy. No. <laughs> the podcast listeners, we so can't help you there. We're sorry if we drove you to that point. The All-Star game, was it was All-Star weekend this past weekend. 
the general consensus is it was terrible. It was a dud. Yeah. The, the dunk contest, not getting very good reviews. Disgusting. The game itself, almost 400 total points were scored. Loved the over. So how do... Yeah. Gamble responsibly. Well, gamble responsibly with the overs in all-star games. <laughs> now we're back. Now the happiness has come back. How do we fix it? Ugh. And this is a very gimmicky one, and I know... I've, yeah, David's got some ideas. Let's yeah. start with him. So I... To be fair, I, I'm not the only one who said this. There was a Sixers beat writer who said it at the same time without me even seeing it, but he tweeted basically the same thing is that three-pointers in the All-Star game should just be outlawed. Okay. That way, if, you, if you're forced to shoot... and I know it's stupid because that's not what the game of basketball is now, but if you force everyone to shoot inside the three-point line, by default, you're getting defense because everyone's more compact with each other and it's going to be a little tougher to score. Okay. I'm, maybe they'll still... Open it up like the Red Sea in the lane still, and you know, go right. for dunks and all. But I don't know. I just it was fun when the NBA kind of veered toward the Steph Curry shooting long threes, and that became a normal thing. It was fun for a little bit, but for the sake of the All Star game and just having it be entertaining and enjoyable for a competitive game, it no one wants to see just half court heave after half court heave. I don't know. Uh, my other. More, I would say, more realistic way of going about this is, and Logan and I talked about this right before the podcast, and he was he kind of disagreed with me, but I would say I would like to see USA versus the world and, okay. instead of East versus West. I feel like there's a little more pride in that sense. Like no one cares about conferences. We're obviously trying to find incentives to make yeah. these guys like, compete. And that's the whole get thing. Some, is, get somebody. Get them to care. You have to right. get them. Yeah. You have to get them to care. You have to get them to want to play. A. It doesn't have to be finals game seven style intensity but there needs to be it like you said it can't just be like a layup line yeah like before yeah. the game so i don't know i didn't i didn't like the usa world idea just because i do like the east versus west idea and they just went back to it this year they'd been doing yeah. like team captains the draft. I think and all that at least usa versus world is still more sustainable and you can do it every year compared to a different captain every season well, so, different teams so what do they do in baseball right the winner of the, the league that they, wins the game gets they, home, home field, field advantage. advantage thank god they stopped that they don't do they, that they anymore. They like four. That's one of the good raw man friend moments. They, it was like four years ago. I want to say. Okay, yeah, I, didn't know and that. I was so happy. Do they about do it by record now? Then yeah, just best it, overall record. It should have always been what it used to always be. I don't. What, I, what I do you mean? Like, it should have always. It should have always been the record oh. like they, versus the home field. It was like 2004. I want to say is when they started the new rule, and it's just like you're getting 20 guys that aren't going to be in the World Series to determine who's going to be home field. I kind of like that though. Personally, now it worked out for the Phillies, because, and I don't mean to put this. No, back to we're them, fine. But like, it's funny because in the 2008 All Star Game, this was a year where Brad Lidge, the closer for the Phillies, went perfect, 48 for 48, regular season and postseason, incredible season. The only loss he ever had that season was in the All Star Game. He yeah. lost it. He lost in the 14th inning or whatever. It was like that insane Yankee Stadium All Star mm -hmm. Game. If he didn't blow that game, I guess he didn't blow it because I think it was still tied. But he lost the game. If he didn't lose that game, the Phillies would have had home field advantage in the World Series. But they didn't. They had to play games three and four and five in Philadelphia instead. And it worked out perfectly because Ratledge had the World Series clinching save in game five at home. They got to win it at home because Rattledge lost in the regular season. Interesting. It's really yeah, funny. I, I don't know. For for an all-star game that's gonna be during the season itself, that feels like the the first thing you could do to make guys want to try. Because you're right, like the majority of the guys playing in that all-star game 
won't be playing in the NBA Finals. But you don't know at that point. Like, why would you not want to get home field advantage on the slim chance that your your team could be playing in the finals? I don't know if that's the fix. I don't know if it's a, a monetary thing. I'm going to stay with the pride perspective. I'm going to go make a day of it, and let's have a good old-fashioned one-on-one or three-on-three tournament. That would be cool. Yeah. It gets the fans invested because we've all played one-on-one. We've all played three-on-three, and we know about tournaments. Tournaments bring eyes, and it gets people excited, and it puts a little more at stake because you can advance. And it's already an all-star weekend. Let's just make the Saturday all-star day. Yeah, Have a three-point contest somewhere in the middle. Keep the dunk if you want somewhere at the end. <laughs> they, Who cares about the dunk I think the now? problem around the rest of all-star weekend, not the game itself, <clears throat> I think they just tinkered too much. They were like, "Oh, it's the starry three point contest. We're gonna add these super deep shots. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna have Steph versus Sabrina, which was cool. That was right. really cool. That, that was that, probably the best yeah. moment of the weekend. It was definitely the most positive part. But don't but, tell me like if if it gets matched up where it's Dame versus Steph, and all of a sudden they're at three three. Don't tell me a little bit of competitive drive is gonna kick in at some point, and it might get a little fun again. Heck, have the best NBA golfers do a scramble, a nine-hole scramble <laughs> yeah, or something and televise it. Like, just do something where they're going to actually be competitive and not just be there and be like, yeah, it's the All-Star game. I'm here. Like, Jalen Brown just dunked with a Michael Jackson glove on his left hand. He dunked left hand. And that was his dunk. Yeah. But he, but he also just missed showing Jalen one. Yeah. Jaylen yeah. Brown's so, dunks, like, I don't know. Keep the three-point contest. Yes. That's I, fine. I it's electric. Don't change time. it. I think the three-point contest has surpassed the dunk contest. Yeah, and the best guys are shooting. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, that's really it nationally. Ohio State basketball fires its coach, Chris Holtman. He's been there a while. <laughs> I saw that. And then they immediately beat number two Purdue. Number two Purdue. <laughs> and number Creighton one beats UConn number got, one UConn. And they boat raced him. Last night, yeah. yeah. So Up the, by 20 at certain points. I, when I was looking at that, I didn't realize Creighton was 15. Which like yeah. takes a little, but it was their bit. first ever win over yeah. a number one. Being so. the number one team at home, Defending Omaha, Nebraska champions. is a, is no matter what you're ranked. I think McDermott's dad's still the coach there, Doug McDermott. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember his dad's name, but but we'll get you out of there on that. Please right. follow and support David and Logan on the Morning Times and the Daily Review. We'll get right back with you next week, same time, same place, where you get all your podcasts and on the Morning Times website. And we'll have some more coverage and some results, and we'll keep previewing as we go along. Real quick before we finish up, David, I just want to shout out. I like your Boca Raton Bowl hoodie. Very cool. Were Thank you still you. in school at that this point was, in time? This was my junior year when Temple, okay. had, Temple beat Penn State for the first time in 74 years. So I'm year. assuming you went to the bowl game. You were in uh, yeah, drama, no, I was, right? I was in the band, yeah. This, 2015, this was, right? I yeah. So some Penn State, a lot of Penn State listeners are not yeah, not happy yeah, about yeah. this right now. <laughs> is that the, who they played? The, no, no, no. Temple no, beat Penn State beat to open the season that year, and it was the first time in seventy four. They played each other like thirty eight times in the seventy four year span, and Temple didn't yeah. play one of those times mm. until I was a junior, which was it was electric because it was at the link. It was seventy thousand people. Temple doesn't get that many people at games, yeah. so that was. A, and then they hosted Notre Dame early, later that year, so that was. This bowl game hoodie is the culmination of what was one of the coolest years I've ever experienced. Yeah. Well, I have a. Sorry, was, I know we signed off. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Like, Keep, stay like with us. Bonus. Stay with us, everyone. I, I have a. And this wasn't to make it. That is cool. And um, I have a Mayo Bowl long sleeve t shirt because I Maryland uh, played in the Mayo Bowl. It was the last game I covered for football. And I was like, I'm not going to not buy a Mayo Bowl t shirt. So it's just this white long sleeve and it just has a big tub of mayo on it. West Virginia won the Mayo Bowl yeah. this year. Uh, speaking of. Maryland Bowl games. The next year, 2016, my senior year, Temple played in Annapolis for the Military Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I have a shirt from that. 
They played. Uh, Did you go to that too? Yeah, that was my, yeah. we almost crossed paths. David and I way back. That was half hour from my front door. Maybe you did, maybe you saw each other in traffic. <laughs> Who knows? Half hour from my front door. But um, yeah, Temple beat Maryland. I think like 2018. It was mm-hmm. one of the most devastating losses. But other that than was that, crazy, that was an awesome. That was one of the last good Temple games. Honestly, I feel like I had one other thing to. Oh, that was. I just wanted to sign off. Um, like we've obviously reached the postseason. So yeah. if, if we didn't mention your team, if we didn't mention your name, we're still wishing everybody the best of luck. Uh, we want to see as many. District champions, state champions, yeah, team absolutely. basketball champions as we can because, one, it makes our jobs a little bit more fun and oh, a little yeah. bit easier to, yeah. to cover a championship-winning team. And then we just want to see we want to see everybody prosper. So absolutely. best of luck to you. If we didn't mention you, it's not because we, we we're not thinking about you all, but... We didn't yeah. have a script in front of us today like we usually we do. Kinda so. just, we kind of just, we were throwing ideas at the wall and seeing what stuck, and we've reached the off-season of podcasting. One last note is we are planning a upcoming probably a two-week hiatus we think um towards looking at the back half of uh march yeah we'll try to get all the way till the last team in our coverage area is eliminated in winter sports but then after that we're going to take a little little two-week break just to freshen up and get more back into some print coverage but then we'll be back right in time for spring opening day for the valley and baseball and We'll obviously have more plans as we go along. And then last, last thing is I've started visualizing a B-section podcast logo. So you'll get that hopefully sooner rather than later. But I I can see it in my mind. I've been adding like a layer every time I go to think about it. So I think I'm good. You got anything else, David? No. Kirk, sign us off again. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for following. (laughs) Same time, same place next week. See you then.